Welcome to Unpacking Autism with Rena Anand, the podcast where stories are shared, hearts are touched, and we grow together in empowerment to help our autistic children thrive. Hi everyone, you are in for a treat today. I am joined by Dipali Patel, who is a speech and language associate practitioner, and she runs a speech and language clinic called Happy Chatters in Northwest London. She works with children in early year settings and specializes in working with autistic children. Tipali is also a mum to Ashley, who's autistic, and she talks openly about the frustration she felt in not knowing how to help her because she was pre-verbal. And working with Ashley has inspired her to now help many other parents and children who have similar circumstances. She's also founded Ashley's House, a school that supports autistic children between the ages of four to 11 in a custom built environment. She's also created online send space for parents to access an environment to enhance and support the development of their children's communication skills, providing personalized learning journeys in a virtual classroom. She is an incredible woman with an incredible story and it is an absolute privilege to know her. And I'm so grateful to you, Dipali, today for joining me on the podcast and for our listeners to hear your story and a bit more of an insight into the world of uh, speech and language therapist that works with autistic children. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me, Rena. Oh my God, that introduction. Oh my goodness. <laughs> really gonna, my head's gonna get really big. <laughs> that introduction. I, I, I'm just a mum. I'm just a mom, like all those moms out there who want the best for their children. That, that's all it is. I'm just a mom. And I, to me, I think every mom does it, right? Every mother does. They do the best what they can for their child, you know, and that's what I'm just trying to do. And I'm hoping I'm succeeding in some way. Oh, you definitely are. You definitely are. So, and humble to boot. Um, so, <laughs> so should we start, um, Dipali? But let's talk a bit about your why. What is it? I mean, you, you could have just taken your skill set and plowed it into Ashley to just really support her and just be like the very best parent and educator you can, but you haven't stopped there. You're, you're working, you know, you've created this space for parents to support their children at home. You're building this school. I mean, it's phenomenal. Why, what is it that you want to accomplish? It's these children. I think they're just so amazing. And I wish I could just get into Ashley's head and know what she's thinking I think she's absolutely surprises me not just actually like all of my kids all the kids that come to my clinic every single child that steps foot in this clinic touches me in a way that I want to help them and help the parents because I've been through that journey I know what it's like you know I am a professional and I knew Ashley was autistic yet when she was diagnosed I cried for a week yeah I'm like not girl sad it was like what does that mean for my child you know what can I do for her you know and then that journey starts you know and and it's not an easy journey and as much as I love Ashley and I love everything about her and I love all my kids it's tough as a parent it's really really tough you know and I just think I want to be able to be there for other parents who go through similar journeys and support them and say hey you you're doing great you're an amazing person you know and be kind to yourself because it's not easy you know, parenting doesn't come with a manual, right? We, it's all hit and miss. We all have to try our best and everything doesn't fit. No glove fits all one size. It just, you know, everyone's different. Every child is different. And you have to work out what the best way is for your children, what's going to be the best for that particular child. So that's hence the individual plans I do, you know, because 
no child is the same. I have all my children. I've got so many children who are autistic on my books at the moment. They're all similar in some traits, but completely different personalities. Mm-hmm. Completely different personalities. And I just want to make a difference for these kids because I think they're just so amazing. They're so innocent. They're so lovely. And, you know, and they're just, I can't. I'm in awe of them. I really am. I sometimes feel a bit jealous because I think to myself, you know, she's in a world of her own and she's happy in that world. She's laughing and she's giggling and, you know, she doesn't have any worries as such right now. And I just think I kind of want to keep that protected, you know, and I want this is why I've created this environment that Ashley's house is created to protect these children and to to enhance them, you know, enhance their abilities. You know, I think they're so smart and they're so lovely. I want to give a safe environment for them just to be. Yeah. and be their amazing selves because they are yeah just capture their uniqueness absolutely you know when they go home take a bit of magic with them yeah oh you know? amazing yeah. amazing so so tell me a bit more about Ashley's house so uh, what stage are you at how are things going well, I have an amazing team and I would not be able to do this without my team uh, I've got a great team working with um, for Ashley's house um, we've got a curriculum in place you know we've got individual assessment process in place you know so we get a baseline and know the best way you know classrooms will be adapted so each child can learn individually so even if you know when I go into a classroom if there's a a cookery lesson for instance you know I expect there to be three different types of that cooking lesson because you've got the children who don't quite know how to touch things you know Mm -hmm. not quite ready you know you've got the children who may actually don't mind touching things their hands are right in Mm -hmm. and then you may have the children that are ready to stir and pour you know steer sorry and pour and that environment, that learning environment needs to cater for all of those children. So that's what Ashley's House is all about. It's all about that individual planning, mm-hmm. looking at the child. I expect the key work, I expect the teacher to know this child inside out. If you can't tell me where this child fits in that bracket, then you don't know him well, well enough, him and her well enough. Um, so ultimately, it's all about a child focus. And, you know, and, and support these individual people that are going to be doing that as well, because I think it's such a hard job as parents, we do it. But, you know, also as teachers, we, you know, it's hard for them, too. And I want to be able to support them and say, you know what, you know, you're doing a great job and reward them accordingly. You know, just I just think I'm excited. It's nervous and scary, but I'm excited about it as well. So when are we? It just sounds phenomenal. I, I mean, I, I think I've, I've spoken to so many parents whose children are not able to get that bespoke support. And it, it can be quite trauma inducing, actually, for some children, being in an environment that doesn't cater for their needs. And I think it will be a lifeline, actually, for many parents. Have you got a projected opening date for the school? Oh, God, I wish I could open it tomorrow. I really wish I could. I'm so desperate to open it tomorrow. I mean, we've got we've done a lot of the planning. You know, we've got the logos, we've got the, the shields, we've got all those things in plan. We just don't have a venue. Yeah. And, and that is where we're having a problem. You know, we want it has to be in a place that's safe. You know, mm. it can't be on a high street where it's busy. I, you know, you know what kids are like, especially children, autistic children or, or children younger who have difficulties with language communication and risk awareness. You know, mm. not just stop at a high street and let them out. You know, yeah. you to drive in a safe environment. They'd be, be able to be dropped off safely, go mm. into the building safely. So taking all those factors into place, you know, it's really difficult to find somewhere. And we've yeah. been looking for almost a couple of years now. Yeah. And it's just... Um, it's it's tough so it, it it's all dependent on when we find a venue really once the venue we found then we can go about doing the next phase of Ashley's house amazing right so that's my call out to anyone out there who 
has land, knows of someone who could source land to build this incredible school. The team are ready and waiting. Get in touch. Thank you for sharing that. It just sounds like an amazing space. I think the kids will, oh, it would just, it would just be amazing. And we need more. And I think, you know, there are lots of plans I hear about things that the government are planning to do, but it just feels like a very, very long time away. So I think your your initiative with Ashley's house will be very welcomed by families, particularly in the, this borough. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I, I work with children and, and all the children I work with and parents do say to me, when is it opening? When is it opening? I'm like, oh my God, if I could have all your kids in this one little room. I do it, um, but I can't. It's yeah, uh, it's uh, it's t- it's frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating. That's probably that. And I, I've got such an amazing team, um, and they all work really hard around the clock. You know, so amazing. Yeah. T- tell me a bit about Ashley and what's her journey been like. Um, how, how's her language and how's her? I mean, it sounds from what you're saying, she's absolutely loving life. Yeah, she is. She's seven going on seventeen. <laughs> she really is. Um, Ashley. It was tough, I think, as a child. I think when she was a baby, it was tough um, because she didn't like to be touched, didn't like to be cuddled. You know, she was constantly like this. If you sit there for a few minutes and just hold your hands like this, your hands will hurt. So, you know, she did that all the time. And, you know, we had to really nurture her. And we were lucky to find a preschool for her that accommodated her needs. And, you know, they set the bar really high. So when we did go to a a school, a mainstream school, a drop like a hot potato, and it was a really, really difficult time. Ashley has only been speaking, I think it's just before, just since COVID, because when it was COVID, I was at home with her. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have anything else to do. I had some virtual appointments online with kids, but um, I put everything into Ashley. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, all her, we developed helped with her language skills, you know, with the sequencing, um, just letting her know what she's doing, how she's doing it, you know, context-based language, which was so, so important. Play through playing routine, you know. So I did these things every day because you do, you no matter what happens, COVID, a pandemic, you know, rain, sunshine, you're going to get up in the morning, you're going to brush your teeth, you're going to have your breakfast, you're going to come downstairs, you're going to do all those things, yeah. So develop language doing the, through those routines because you're a parent, I'm a parent, as much as we like to sit there with our child for 10, 15 minutes of the day, just sole time, it's not always possible. Mm, yeah. Depending on the child's uh, mood as well, you know, and I'm lucky, Ashley, Ashley was really receptive to things. So I was, I'm lucky, you know, I, I have to say, and it's not easy, but um, she has come a long way, yeah. a long way. We homeschooled her, yeah. so we homeschooled at the moment because I just felt the system, <sighs> failed is probably a strong word, but mm. I just felt that it wasn't, supporting her needs and I think that's what happened with Ashley and I just felt that she needed to be in an environment where she can flourish and and she has you know she's really amazing her language has come on homeschooling has been great you know she gets to do so many things other children don't get to do you know she goes to gymnastics she goes swimming she goes on farm trips you know she goes to the park randomly you know we just bought her a bike a few days ago this morning she got up and the first thing she said bike park bike in the park or bike in the park I can't remember how she said it but she said something like that and it's great you know um her language is just making things so much easier before it was like I couldn't Mm. I I didn't know what she wanted you know Mm. I didn't know how to help her and I think that's where my struggles came in you know I wanted to do so much for this little girl of mine but I didn't know where to start with her and I needed a speech and language therapist because 
she was working we were working with the NHS and and you know with the resources and they did this as much as they could but I knew she needed more yeah. um so my hunt for a speech and language therapist began and um I wanted the best for my daughter and I did find the best um Sunita um who I work with very closely now Sunita Shah she, she changed my world yeah. she changed the way I looked and um and ha- thought about how to help Ashley I walked out there feeling empowered uplifted you know I just felt like I can do this I can do this you know this is this sounds doable yeah yeah and that's where our journey started you know so we started offering choices creating opportunities you know giving her opportunities to talk you know those kind of things every every sound she makes every whimper she made I responded yeah you know good talking well done I, I, do you know what for the first year I would give her breakfast every morning and I would feed her because only three of the women feed her and every day without fail I would go finished and put the bowl down yeah. one morning I got up um gave her breakfast fed, fed her Weetabix and I said finish and I didn't say I, my phone went so yeah. I went to look at my phone and she said finish yeah oh. and I was like oh my goodness, did she just say finish, you know, and it just goes to show, you know, wait, observe, wait, listen, you know, give your child an opportunity, because, you know, it happens so quick, and you don't yeah. know, and it we constantly, as parents, we facilitate everything for our children, we do everything for them, you know, why do they need to speak, we know when they're hungry, we know when they need food, we know when they, what toy they want to play with, we know what program they like to watch, because we're so in tune with our kids that, inadvertently we create these children like well why should I say anything you know mom knows what I'm doing she knows what I want to do so but I I think that changed the way I did things as well and I I gave I sort of stood I held a few seconds back before Mm. I said anything you know and then the words started coming out and she did a lot better ready steady go simple things like go and she'd get so excited and that was at three she was not even at a one word level just about you know she's coming to me by five or six she's running off sentences now wow that is incredible and so inspiring I think parents listening will will find that so inspiring and it's not to say obviously that every child will have Ashley's journey but it it's just the hope that you know children who maybe have quite limited language you know there is that hope that actually with that consistent and sustained patience and training and love and all of that wrapped around them that that there is a possibility um, that they can progress in the way that Ashley has yeah they can and I see with my patients as well I see them with my little ones you know and I get parents texting me sometimes in the middle of the night because something's happened and they've told me and my heart skips a beat you know and I just think to myself oh that's so lovely you know that's great and Ashley called me, which can't say mummy because she has, she still struggles with her frontal speech. So she could, every mer is no. So she calls me nonny. Yeah. And she called me nonny last year for the first time. Oh. You know, and I, I just, I was so overwhelmed. I, I just cried buckets. Yes. <laughs> and now she doesn't stop. It's nonny, nonny, nonny. <laughs> I told her off the other day because she did, she wasn't doing any good listening. I, I prepared her. We're going swimming. Okay. When we, when I, when a mummy says, finish home time with one more duck song and then we go and she's I said what are we going to do she goes good listening I said yeah. well done so we got into the pool had a great time okay actually home time she kicked off oh. that was it. it was like no she did not want to get out the pool the screaming the tent so I got her out eventually got into the change room and I'm talking to her I'm saying no the mummy's not impressed 
you know, mm. you said you're going to do good listening. You didn't do. What did you not do? She goes, good listening. <laughs> no, you didn't, did you? And I must have carried on a bit. She, she turned around, Rena, and she said to me, goes, enough. <laughs> I just stood there in my track. I did not know where to look. I was so, oh, my God. I'm like, what, what just happened there? Do you know? Yeah. And scary thing, she sounded just like me. Yeah. She mirrored the tone, the, the attitude, the way it was just... <laughs> like looking at a, a little version of me yeah, yeah. enough um and she understood because she wanted me to stop yeah um and you know with children on the uh who are autistic validation is not always there you know when you're talking to them, they don't you don't always get that validation yes did you understand what i meant you know mm. did you hear what i said you know mm. so you know to be able to sort of then her for her to have that validation was just like amazing you know it's it's she's amazing she is yeah. amazing. and you know i just think um I wouldn't be where I am without her. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah, I share that feeling about Evie actually. And I think, my God, goodness, my world has opened up to such a deeper level. And my own self-awareness has opened up at such a deeper level because of him. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's that, you know, you, you, every, every word is precious. Every acknowledgement is precious. You yeah. see the beauty and the joy in every interaction which is not how I was conditioned to be. This is, it's not, that, that wasn't my reality when I was being parented. Mm. Um, but this way is so beautiful because there's always something to celebrate as well. Oh God, absolutely. And it's just, it just makes life more interesting, right? It's just yeah. like, oh my God, you know, it's like what delight are they gonna bring out today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's challenging, but you know, yeah, wait, but, so but it's very joyful. When you're looking at the wine fridge at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're thinking it's one o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Is it too soon? You know, but um, but you know, the, the positives outweigh so much. Yeah. The, the positives are way so much higher, I think. I just mm. think you know, it yeah. is they are it's it's hard work, but you know, this I think this is why I'm so passionate about early intervention. Mm. I think, you know, you can teach them these skills that they need, you know, to be able to, you know, be able to converse, to be able to ask for things, be able to, you know, just simple things. I mean, they're going to learn shapes, colors, numbers, all of that throughout their life. Yeah. But can they ask me for a biscuit? Can they mm. tell me they're hungry? You know, can they say they want this or they want that, you know, and that's what we want for our children, right? We want yeah. our children to be able to tell us those things because those are the things that we can actually fix and help. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the things that being a parent's all about is make you know, doing those things for our children, listening to our children, you know. That's why I say I wish I could get into Ashley's head sometimes and think how she thinks, you know, it's just yeah. she's phenomenal. And she's got a great team behind her as well. You know, she's got good family, she's got a good family support network, you know. She's goes to um girls brigade with uh, she's seven now and she's goes to girls brigade with uh the children that she went to preschool with. You know, mm. they've all growing up together and she's well loved there, you know, and, and and the members of staff there, you know, like today we had a party there and they got our bus out for her and they got this toy that she likes, you know, created this environment for her. So, you know, she doesn't feel overwhelmed because it's a new, it's different. The routine mm. is different. The party thing's going it, to it's, it's be allowed, you know. And it was, as a parent, it was just so lovely to see, as, as they touch and to see that they somebody's gone and made that effort for her, you know. And, and that's so nice, you know, and, and those are the kind of things that makes me sit back and think, you know, yeah. it's great. I get tearful. And if yeah. I start crying, it's very <laughs> emotional. And I just think, there are some amazing people out there, you know, and I think um, it is all about just creating awareness and just mm. you know, those people are amazing. These children are amazing. Mm. 
be amazing with them. You give them this much, they'll give you this much back. Yeah, totally. so much back. Yeah. Look at me, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna segue you now into a bit more speech and language therapy. Yes, so yes, let's do that. So, in terms of your work, because obviously you speak, you see a lot of families, you see a lot of children. Yeah. What what sort of what sort of barriers do you see? Um, you know, even in terms of say parental expectation or, or any other sorts of barriers through, through through the work that you do? I have a mixture. I'll be really honest with you. I have a mixture. I have some parents that are really open to it. You know, they they, they understand the difficulties they're facing um, and they want to help their child. I can always tell in clinic which parents do the homework, do the things at home and mm. which don't. You, yeah. I can always tell. You just know. And then you get the other spectrum of, of parents where they're almost in denial. Mm. You know, but they start talking or they want a quick fix. And I, I'll be really honest, I'll tell them, I'm yeah. not the right person for you. Yeah. Because your, your child will see me once an hour, one, one a week. An hour a week is yes. not what I do that's going to cut it. It's what you yes. do at home. It's what the nursery does. We know it's important that holistically we look at the child and make sure every environment he's in, or she, he or she's in, yeah. is catered towards them. You know, to, the consistency is so important um so they, it, it is tough but um I've I have had some parents where I've had to say look I don't think I'm a right fit for you yeah. um and recommend this to somebody else you know yeah. I have parents who who want to put their child into really high establishments and the pressure they put on their children and I'm, yeah. it, it's it can upset me sometimes I think yeah. you know but I've got to remain professional but I think to myself in to me, it's enjoy your child yeah. and celebrate these little things. Don't think about what they can't do. Think about all the great things they can do and already are doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. So when a parent says to me, my child just points, Yeah. at least they're pointing. Yeah. I see some children that don't even do that. Yes. You know, so that's a huge step in itself. You know, they're babbling, they're making sounds. At least they're doing that to start before we, yeah. you know, before we talk, we have to babble, you know, we, we, that's what we do. You know, you babble before you speak. Yeah make sounds um yeah. it is it's, it's it's not easy but you know have to put the professional hat on <laughs> and do you do you see any because obviously we don't, i don't want to draw generalizations but from my experience i think a, a, a big thing i struggled with was i guess the expectation of what kind of child i would produce and then the reality of the child that was born who was autistic yeah and that feeling of my child isn't the one that I had up here, who is the son of a, a doctor and a lawyer, who is just like some kind of intellectual genius, who's like walking before one and yeah, just do all hitting all his milestones. You know, that was the child I that I had birthed before he had even physically been born. Yeah. And yet, and the child I had in reality was having speech and language issues, was having you know, massive behavioral issues and interaction issues with other children, really demand avoidant, you know, all of these things which culturally were considered bad behavior or mm. poor parenting. And I just wonder, and I, you know, I don't even, I guess it's, it's more of an open question, I suppose, but do you see any of that cultural influence through the families that you meet? Absolutely. Absolutely, I, I really do. Um, it, it is sad because you they, this, they actually, I don't, I don't even know how to put it, but I feel like they're mourning the child that they dreamt of 
and you're yeah. with that child is not that child mm-hmm. um that child is different you know and I have parents say sometimes sometimes I'll post something on Facebook and mm-hmm. I'll see it and I'll be like are you okay mm-hmm. you know is everything all right you know I had a parent said that um she said you um don't look at the rain learn to dance in the rain or something like that but yeah but she and then she put a comment at the end saying oh actually I I need to learn to do that because I'm, I'm too tired or too stressed to even do that and, and I, read, I thought to myself oh are you okay you know and I had a conversation with this lady and and it was really sad because I worry for him I, you know how are they going to do you know how they're going to be how is society going to accept him yeah and I said, don't worry about society right now yeah. I, 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 I lost Yes. Do not worry about that at all. Yeah. I mean, worry about you. Yes. If you yeah. accept him, it's important for you to accept him, you yeah. to understand him. And if you do that, that's half your battle won. You will become the mama bear mm. and you will protect that child with everything you know you have. Yeah. But it's important that you accept it. Don't don't put don't be in denial about it and think, you know, well, if we do this and mm. that will happen, or if I feed my child this, this will happen, or if mm. I feed my child this supplement, you know, they'll start talking. Yeah. It there, yeah. there is no such thing. Yeah. You know, it's, you can't give your child a pill or yeah. something for them to start talking. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I to me it's it's hard. And I mean, as a simple thing, I went to a temple um with my daughter and um actually love the lights. She loves the lights. She loved the flickering diva. The, you know, she yeah, loves yeah, yeah. and see all of that. And I was like, I, I get ushered. I was like, shh, don't let it go there. You know, I got some auntie coming up to me and telling me, no, don't, don't let her go there. You know, mm-hmm. once me, as she goes to church, she's welcome. Mm-hmm. She's on the church. She's on the priest. You know, with the priest standing there while he's giving a ceremony. Why can we not have that in our community? You know, why can why is that not accept? Not why is that not recognised with us? You know, because mm-hmm. we just so they're children. They're still mm-hmm. children. You know. Mm-hmm why yeah. I, I I don't I find it hard to talk about sometimes because I don't understand it yes I don't understand it myself you know it's like we should be providing arrangement um environments for these children you know mm-hmm. like you go to a shopping center you have you know a quiet time you know in a, in a temple you could have yeah. like a quiet time where parents can come with their children or just, that's where we as parents want to be right sometimes if you're having a bad day or you want something yeah. you want someone to go somewhere and have that yeah. why should we have that for our children yeah and i think there's a massive stigma there really is they, mm-hmm. they don't understand it and i think if they see their child they, like you said that your child's a delinquent mm-hmm. or you know just badly behaved yeah um i actually put a badge on my daughter yes. saying you know i'm autistic what's your superpower or, or you know that or um be patient with me I don't talk very well you know because I, I just and I find that really helps me yeah. you know because hey I'm super super proud of her yeah. and, you know, and I'm not gonna hide her because I think she's yes. someone who cannot be hidden yes you know, she's a, a she's a force in herself you know yeah. but I've been that parent where par- parents looked at you and, oh my god what are you doing with your child, yeah. yeah. your child? you know I remember being I was in a hospital and we we're walking out and actually just did not want to go she wanted to count she would count the squares on the ceiling you know the lights on the ceiling she was counting them going out and then one was off yeah it the light bulb the blood the bulb had blown or something and yeah. she just right lay there right there like you know fix it you know yes. I, obviously I can't right yeah. <laughs> I had to, I just sat there with her and I could see people walking past yeah. me and saying thinking what are you doing yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah but at that point you switch off because you're thinking 
I don't care about all of you. I don't have the time or the energy to yeah. think about what you're thinking. I need to be there focus for my child, you know. Yeah. And it's a hard it's hard but and it's hard to get to that place. Yeah, yeah. I think it I think that when you're there that is a real place of strength. And I think often we don't start there, but if we do the work, we can totally get there because that's the space from which we can then advocate for our child and be that protector and speaking about faith i think you know i, I really resonate with that experience you, you shared because i i used to go to the temple every week like that was my sanctuary i had you know, a lot of trauma when i was younger and my sanctuary was prayer and when i had evie i didn't feel that space was accessible anymore because he couldn't sit and during the meditation there was a you know it's required that everybody is silent mm. he is not going to be he was never going to be still wouldn't be silent for anybody it, it, it just shut off my ability to go to these places and actually think at ah, all faiths have common um, values of kindness to one another, of, you know, of non-judgment, of just pure love, that actually, if we go right back into the faith, of course, you should have a room for these children if they need to go and spend a bit of time or, you know, or a space or a time where they can just be themselves and they're welcomed. And I think, you know, and I don't, I don't want to go to a place of worship where people look at me sympathetically, you know, look me in the eye, meet me where I am and welcome my child as the being, the loving being that they are, not yeah. as, oh, poor her, she's got an autistic son. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally get it. It's just like, why should we? Why, why yeah. should we be put into that category? Why should we put into any category? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the day, uh, yeah, I, I totally, it just... It baffles me. It really does. And we've moved on in so many ways, but in so many ways we haven't. Yeah. And I yeah. think awareness is really important in cultures. I don't know what's in store for Ashley in the future. I don't know. She could be the next prime minister for all I know. You yeah. know, you don't know, or you know, you know, who could? She could be a musician. You know, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And but I'm. I'll tell you one thing. And if anything, any a parent can take this away. It's just enjoy them. Yeah. Love them lots, enjoy them because they grow up so quickly. And before you know it, you're like, you know, and it never stops, right? Because you know, you 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 come back to one herd, another one comes along, then you know that another one comes. Someone actually today said to me that we change as human beings every seven years. Mm. So we're not the same person. It's like we're becoming like a new person every seven years. Mm. I never knew that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> Like, this is a late, an old, elderly mm. lady told me this, and and I actually sat there and I thought to myself, actually, if you look back at your life, if I look back at my life, yeah, the changes that have happened with me, things mm. that mattered to me X amount of time years ago, doesn't mm. matter to me anymore. Yeah, you know? and yeah, it it maybe it is there, but I just thought to myself because um, I think I tell you, I think what happened is that actually suddenly it's become really sensitive to me to noise. She mm. never used to be like that, but now if she is a loud noise, she just goes like this. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it's a really new development in her. Mm. And then she pointed out to me, she goes, "How does she seven? I said, "Yeah." She goes, "Every seven years we change." No. I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Every year, <laughs> I already think she's seven, going on seventeen. I'm not yes. ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for what's in school. Amazing. Um, I'd love to hear. Do you have any? Are you able to share any success stories? Or you know, and by success, I don't mean pre-verbal to, you know millions of sentences um but just i suppose through your work just some examples of the kids that have come to you and the development that they've um, had 
um and yeah I I, I can there's so many <laughs> so many and um there's so many because I get recommended a lot as well you know I get a lot of parents will say so and so has recommended you and so and so things like that you know it's great and I don't do you know what I think it is I think it's because I just take the time to get to know them mm-hmm. as individual as an individual family you know it's I don't just work with the, the child I work with the parents as well and mm-hmm. once you open like you said you open that lock up with your, that parent's brain up you open mm-hmm. it up and they become open to other things. They start to notice things a lot more. They they start to notice that child making that progress. And I think that the biggest compliment I actually had this week was uh, an education psychologist said to me that, you know, I'm absolutely amazed with the work that you've done with this child. Amazing. I was just, I was blown away. I really mm-hmm. was. This is an, an amazing, this is the professional coming up to me and saying to me, you know, I've met, I've met this child and I'm seeing this child a year later and it's mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal, the work that he's done. And, and yes, so I have some really good stories. I, I I do have some stories where I'm having to tell parents, look, I just don't think speech that your child's ready for speech and language at the moment. Mm. You know, That's really interesting. Can you say more about that? So kind of, you know, if a child isn't ready, what other stuff might you be encouraging those parents to engage in with that child? you know, until they're at the point where they're ready for speech and language therapy. I think a lot of it's focus and attention. Attention and listening skills are extremely important because mm. if your child, you angle your child's attention, they're not going to listen and they're not, you're not going to be able to do anything with them. And it's not just about looking or eye contact. You know, mm. you've got to be able to have that attention. I mean, mm. you can listen to a radio, you don't see the person talking, do you? Mm. But you just listen to that voice and you, you like make that, you listen to the conversations that... I, I, I've, I have a few parents that I've worked with recently where I felt their child's sensory needs are too great. And I think they mm. need to work on their sensory integration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I referred them to occupational therapists. And I think you mm. need to let's do some work there and then maybe come into speech and language. But sometimes speech and language is not always the first point of call. Yeah. You know, you have to, your child has to be ready mm. um, for that. You know, And at that point, then they can come into speech and language. But yes, I, I would recommend occupational therapists you know that work on their sensory needs you know mm-hmm. we all have senses right so if one of our senses goes the other one kicks in and over mm-hmm. but with children um, who are autistic or have any sensory processing difficulties it could be extremely overwhelming for them you know mm-hmm. and how do they manage those senses you know regulation all of those kind of things comes into play mm-hmm. and they need someone to be able to help do that you know something sometimes it could be something simple like jumping on a trampoline before you're doing some work with the child you know yeah. or um if a child likes to spin or something you know put them on a, on a swing or a slide or you know they do it's you have to get to get them to that point where they're ready to focus yes so yes i've i've had to do that a couple of times a few times with my patients um <laughs> with a few of my patients sorry recently yeah. um and i just think i've noticed that i think sensory needs are so so important and that's mm-hmm. why even in ashley's house we will have a speech and language therapist, we'll have a speech and language therapist team, we'll have an OT team, we'll have a physiotherapy team, because you have to look at the child holistically, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to look at every area of the development, not just speech and language. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fundamental part, it's the, of course, it's the most, one of the most important parts, but so are the other bits, you know, it's, it's a jigsaw, you've got to put yeah. those pieces together, you know, yeah. and, and create and help that child be that amazing person that they are. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I mean, if there are any parents listening and their child um, and they've got concerns about whether their child's speech has developed enough or perhaps they 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 haven't um, started making sounds, where where should they go? First point, of course, your GP. 
health visitor, depending on the age of the child, if you've got a health visitor, contact your health visitor, go to GP and get a referral to a paediatric pediatrician. I think that's really important to do that. If you're thinking of early years, that's where I would so yes. definitely. Um, GP, health visitor. Yep. You know, and at the moment, because of COVID, there's I, I can't even I don't even begin to tell you where the waiting lists are, mm-hmm. how far along they are. And it's it is tough, you know. Mm-hmm. But um a speech and language therapist, if you can't get NHS right now, if you can, a speech and language therapist. I mean, I run a mother and toddler group mm-hmm. um, for parents um to help their ch- develop their children speech and language through routine and play. Yeah. Um, and I want I run a group one one day a week, one one hour a week. Um, and I've got lots of parents there as well that are going through there. You know, got some children have um, got anxiety because of COVID. You know, haven't been exposed to the outside world. They've gone into a nursery setting now. They don't know what to do. Yes. You know, some children are talking at home, but they're not talking anywhere else. You know, you know, there's, there's situational mutism. There's so much going on right now with children. You know, and it's just it's hard yeah. to know what's right. But I definitely think. A GP is your first point of call or health visitor. Amazing. Thank you. And are there any practical things that parents could do at home to just promote their children's speech development? Listen to your children. They may not be speaking words, but they're doing something. Okay. Look at your child, listen to your child, you know, react to everything, every sound they make. You know, if you're talking to your child, make sure you're down at their level. Look at them eye to eye. They can see, you can see your mouth moving. They can see you. They can hear you. Those kind of things. Keep your language very simple. I think some parents feel that the more they talk to their child, the more they'll actually talk. But there's nothing worse than your child saying something. They had no idea what they're saying. I have, uh, I have a, four-year-old child I'm working with at the moment could read the newspaper cover to cover wow cover to cover is phenomenal but he has no idea what he's reading yeah you know, so when I do story times with him you know we did the Gruffalo recently and we did it on a screen he could mm. not follow it yeah because he didn't have the book he couldn't read the words you know yes. um so he wasn't understanding that so it's important that context-based language everything that you do put language to it brushing your teeth, brushing teeth, open the tap, open, light, on, tap, mm. off, you know, uh, water, give them the water, you know, don't wait, don't even do, oh, you want water, mm. and then wait a few seconds, and then give them, it's got to be like a reflex, just, yeah. you know, because their processing's there, it's not developed fully yet, you know, where mm. you and I can process something in a millisecond, second, mm. with children, it takes them a little bit longer, yeah. and you can miss that boat, yeah. miss that boat, then, that you've lost that chance snack times are a great time to to promote language it really is you know give them something they like give you know blueberries let's say they like blueberries give them one blueberry put the rest of them in a container you know they're going to want more right they're going to want they're either going to point or uh, gesture or they're going to cut the box you know use your language more blueberries more yes open put another blueberry close Mmm, good eating, yummy, yummy. You know, you but can you make you you make if you're running after your child while they're eating, you're not you're missing out on that interaction. Mm. Bath time is another great time. Yeah, even in the car when you're in the car, you know, you're going home. That's how I think a lot of language. I, I learned a lot. Realized that actually can say a lot more in the car because I used to just talk to her all the time about things, you know, where did we go? Who did we see? What did we eat? Those kind of things. And then one day I actually said, 
oh, Ashley, where did we go? And she went, we were nanny house. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, what did you eat at nanny's house? Chicken nuggets. Oh. And then who did we see at nanny's house? You know, and she would name all these people that she's seen, you know. She blows my mind away. She really does. It's, it's, yeah. Talk to your children because you don't you don't know when or how they're going to really exceed your expectations. You just yes. don't know. Yeah. Simple things, you know. Always, always create opportunities for them. You know, hold back. You know, make yeah. everything away. They've got to ask for it. Yeah. Get them to ask for it. Visuals. Kids learn visually. And you know, if you get visual, I mean, if you come into my house, it looks like a preschool. <laughs> this is my clinic here and stroke Ashley's classroom. And it is just like now and next boards, what's happening next, all of that everywhere. You know, she learns visually. So we've got that we're doing at the moment, and um, we're going on a bear hunt. Mm-hmm. We've actually got the visuals of the bear hunt story all the way up this wall, you know, mm-hmm. and she looks at that and she reads it and she understands it. And that's mm-hmm. so important. So we're going on a bear hunt. Mom, show me the bear. Mm-hmm. You know, show me the bear. If you say, what is a bear? They're going to think, they don't quite understand that question yet because they're not there yet. Make statements, yeah. you know. Don't ask them too many questions because they're not there yet. Yeah. And follow their lead. Because if they're doing something, they're interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, just do that. So, um, I, yeah, those are my main tips that, you know, there's so many that I can give. And, you know. That is phenomenal. My goodness, it's like Masterclass 101 in about two minutes. It was <laughs> so super helpful. I think it always helps parents to hear those practical kind of examples you've just shared of actually the sorts of words to use. Um, and I can completely identify with being the parent who feels like, well, the more words I chuck at Evie, the more we'll land, but it doesn't work like that. Um, and for us, Makaton proved to be really helpful in encouraging his language. But there was a lot of resistance in my wider family to that because they thought there was a misconception that by me using Makaton um, signs for like more and milk and things like that, I was basically discouraging his words. And it doesn't work like that, does it? No, absolutely not. No, it does not work. A lot of parents say that to me. What if I show them pictures and that way they were just keep pointing at things and they want them? So, mm. um, no, no, because you're teaching that context base. They're understanding that language better. You know, another thing is... um. When you have parents come in and say, you know, um, professionals have told them to stop speaking their language. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. You know, because you it's important that you that you speak your mother tongue because that that's where they're going to learn it. When they go to school, they're going to be exposed to English everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, calling an elephant in English and calling an elephant in Gujarati or Punjabi or Hati, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. it's not going to be it's not going to have wings and start flying if you call it something else in a different language it's going to be the same thing so yeah I, those parents who worry that their children are not speaking because they speak a Gujarati at home or Hindi at home or Punjabi at home or Farsi at home or Albanian or Romanian please do not stop speaking to your child in your language amazing but, you know it's important for them to communicate it doesn't matter which language they're communicating right you know it's important um that you do yeah. So that's another piece of advice I'd give a lot of parents there to me. The first thing they say, we've stopped speaking Albanian. I'm like, no, why? Mm. You know, and I learn so much because, you know, I'm, I'm when I'm doing a session with a child and somebody, a, a child says something and they'll say in Albanian or Romanian. And then I'll be like, okay, what, what's that? What does that mean? And then so, and then when I see them next time, I was like, oh, did you have your chums, which mm. is your milk, you know? <laughs> and they, their eyes just light up because they think, oh, she said something I understand. And that's what we want for our children. We want them to understand what we say. Mm. And by by you, by giving them 
exposing them to that language or exposing them to different types of languages. That's what you're doing. I don't know how she how Ashley learned French. Yeah. I haven't taught her. Yeah. I came home one day and I said, Ashley, uh, I said, hello. She said, enchanté. <laughs> I was like, come again? <laughs> what was that? She can count in French. She could do the uh, days of the week in French. You know, she can. She asked me for something in French once, um, chicken. And I had to think, what did she ask for? Just, you know, I had to remember what my, I, my French wasn't, it's not great. But yeah, it was quite funny. And then I realized afterwards that she'd gone to Girls Brigade and one of the ladies there is French. And she must have been speaking to Ashley in French. Cause, and I thought, well, she's picked that language up so quickly. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and this so is a child, you know, who, as you described at the beginning, had quite limited language. And that's just phenomenal. And I think it's just testament to you and your love and your commitment to you know not having these like really grandiose plans for how she was going to be but actually just meeting her where she was seeing how she developed and then just walking along that path with her and then encouraging her and and it's so beautiful to see how she's blossoming but also the incredible impact it's had on you and the phenomenal work that you're doing in society so yeah, I think we all owe a little debt of gratitude to Ashley. Oh bless! Her. Yeah. Uh, she is my superstar. She is my superstar. Coming from someone, I remember she went pretty two and a half. She wanted to play with somebody, and she just went up to them and grabbed them. And that child looked mortified. And I stood there, and yeah. I felt so sad for her. And I thought, yeah. I've got to open this child's mind up. And what can yeah. I do? And I, I went on a quest, I went on a journey and I, I'm still on that journey and I'm learning every day. Mm. And you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. No. I wouldn't no. have it any other way because I think it's, it's taught me so much. I think I've become so a different person as well. You know, I've become um, me. Yes. And, and I don't care about things that used to bother me. I, d I don't because I, there's so much more important things in my life going on. Yeah. And I just enjoy every second. Yeah. Except for when it's three o'clock in the morning, you know, when well, she gets up yeah. and she starts, you know, doing the square roots. And I'm like, how, how are you not tired? I'm, I'm getting tired of just listening to you, you know? And she went, starts talking about, she would sort of, she'll tell a story to herself, the hungry caterpillar, and she'll do it in order, which fruits in it. And I'm like, please go <laughs> it's, to sleep. It's a bit much at 3am, isn't it? It is a bit much. No, no. <laughs> you get up in the morning, you don't, you can't even, you can't even open your eyes yet, but you still got to get up and get yes. on. And the day starts again, right? Yes, yeah. Um, but no, it's just um, they're amazing children. They are. They you, and, you know, you're a parent to an autistic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. though we have still at the age of nine, most nights are sleepless nights or sleep, not sleepless, um, broken sleep. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you oh, wouldn't trade it in for anything. He's. Yeah. yeah I'm a better human for it, and. Uh, yeah, what more can one ask for? But absolutely, I would say this is why I like you. You know, <laughs> you and I are so similar in so many ways. Um, no, it's just it's the journey. You know, sometimes our children teach us the biggest things in life. You know, totally. Dipali, you have been amazing. Thank you so much. I will put hyperlinks to Happy Chatters and all of the other resources Dipali's talked about in the show notes. Um, so don't worry about having to play it back over and over. It will all be there. But I would just like to say a huge thank you for taking the time out today to talk to me about your experience and the phenomenal work you're doing. Well, it's you're an absolute pleasure. Uh, you're amazing. Uh, I think it's an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for having me on. Thank you for thinking me worthy of it. So, oh, thank, without thank a doubt. Oh, bless you.
You've been listening to Unpacking Autism with Rena Arnand. Podcast artwork by Creative Stripes. Editing by Adam Jones-Lloyd. And music by autistic musician Paul McGowan.